Do you ever have you ever been reading a book, and it's, I mean, you're getting you're in the final chapter, and there's only maybe ten, fifteen pages left, but there's a lot of story left to happen. Is there a word for that? There should be a term for that. Hmm. Because that's always brutal when you're reading, 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 and then you realize there is not enough pages for the amount of story left to tell. So you immediately get that worry that you're going to need a sequel. And you're going to have to wait and wait and wait. This is Nerd Mode, everybody. Good evening, gentlemen. We've got a great night in store for you. I see a lot of new faces out there, as well as some familiar ones, so I'm not going to yammer on too long. I want you all to sit back, enjoy the service, the scenery, but most of all, enjoy the show. Hit it. Are you sure you want to do this? I know people do it in movies all the time, but there are bound to be real-world consequences. Kind of a nerd. It's cool, I'm taking it back. Everyone else is growing and changing all the time, and that's not really my jam. I'm more of a fast blinking, stoic, removed, uncomfortably self aware type. I'm being extremely clever up here, and there's no one to stand around looking impressed. What's the point in having you all? Okay, so 10 out of 10 for style, but minus several million for good thinking. Show's gonna last three weeks! Six seasons and a movie! So, um, this is a Nerd Mode Minisode, episode 32, DVR Delight. Um, I'm calling it that because I literally just poured through our DVR here to get caught up with the Heroes Reborn season premiere, the Big Bang season premiere, I believe it's season 8. And then also I'm going to touch on some Doctor Who that we watched this weekend. Um, again, we have yet to be able to sit down and talk about Fear the Walking Dead, what is quickly becoming a hit TV show. Um, eventually, Steph and I will sit down. In Nerd Mode Studios, and we will record what will probably be an entire series recap, I'm thinking at this point, which will be totally cool, and then we'll just mix in some regular zombie chatter and things as well. I am your host, Space Buck Chuck, and this is Nerd Mode from nerdmode.com. Do you know the rest? Nerd-mode.com. Uh, go to the website to find out how to like us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, email the show, find us on Facebook, all that is on nerd-mode.com, make it so much easier than the usual rambling. Uh, I have yet to say this in a while, um, if you like the show, like us on Stitcher or iTunes, um, send me a little comment on the page, let me know what you think. Where to begin? Um, let's see, what's new with me? I went to the movies, Steph and I went and saw The Visit, uh, last week. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, it's one of the found footage horror stories, and I was surprisingly pleased with the movie. It was really good. Um, I know a lot of people kind of dog on M. Night for his last few, well, basically anything that wasn't Unbreakable or The Sixth Sense. Um, 
because he would work so hard on that twist ending that everything built up to it so that if you figured out the twist before the end of the movie, you were kind of disappointed. This one, I'm not going to say here or there about any twists, but it felt like one complete story, and it was a very good classic horror story. It's the kind of story that told verbally you could imagine me told around a campfire or in a during a party as a as teenagers. It had that very classic and the hook was on the door handle feel to it. Um I really enjoyed it. Uh we had a lot of jumping moments and a lot of tense moments watching a movie. It's been years and years since I saw a horror movie at a movie theater. So that was a really fun experience. So if you get a chance, go check it out. Um, the Visit by M. Night Shyamalan. It's pretty good. Really good cast. Really cool story. Very well done. Um, let's see what else. I've been playing and slash dying on Dying Light quite a bit lately. Um, my sister, Ditsy B, who will be back on the show next week because our schedules will align, um, has been gauntlet plane and she has leveled up way beyond my means so i'm trying to get caught up um for anybody playing there is a way to quote unquote power level uh where you just drudge your way through without any real threat of death um in the city of haran there is this um big broken bridge that they blew out you know i'm guessing they keep the infection in if you find the bridge, it's way on the east, right on the water's edge. Along the edge of the bridge itself are these um, these pylons, and around each pylon is a fenced-in area that you can only access by jumping over the railing. So if you jump over the railing, uh, throw down some fireworks, the zombies come to you, and you just start swinging away. And you can kill dozens and dozens. I'll have to share a photo of my recent zombie slaughter on there. Uh, Angie is the one that noticed this, and I'm just passing that along to you guys listening. If you want to just sit and hack zombies for a while and not worry about the outcome, go for it. Uh, but do be careful. I haven't played that part at night, so I don't know about the special night zombies. Volatiles can climb over and get you, so don't get too comfortable. Or too loud, I should say. Um, what else? My exploits with NerdBlock. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, as I said in the last episode, I'm thinking about leaving Loot Crate, and I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling with it a little bit. Uh, I think it's mostly nostalgia. Um, I recently signed up for Nerd Block, and the first, the welcome block came with, oh my goodness, what did it come with? The fact that I'm forgetting kind of bums me out. Let me look at my shelf here. It came with little Doctor Who action figure, uh, a poster, um... Goodness, the fact that I'm totally spacing out on what it got kind of worries me. Hold on. Ugh. I'm going to break the show for a minute. Um, while I get that loaded up, there was a... Uh, um, we did recently just get in a loot crate. Both Steph and I are still part of that for the time being. Uh, it was called Summon. I wasn't too excited about it. Neither was Steph. We each only grabbed one thing from the, the crate, which was a little... Um, Buddha, Homer Simpson Buddha, little gold fella. It was kind of adorable, but uh, everything else we passed on to the girls. I brought some stuff to the guys at work um, just to get rid of it. It was like things from 
supernatural and stuff that I, I don't really watch, so I wouldn't have anything to say. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't have anything posted about what I got in my welcome block, but the the second block, my first official, I got a Battlestar Galactic t-shirt, which was cool, but I haven't seen the show, so I, I'm awkward in that sense where I'm not going to throw the shirt on and wander around town in it because people are going to want to talk to me about it and I'm not going to have anything to say. So I'm going to have to watch the show before I can wear the shirt. Um, because I do, in fact, get comments on my clothes, on my shirts, regularly. So I have to be ready for the conversation. Um, which brings me to a shout-out or two. These people will not listen because I did not tell them about the show. Um, on Saturday, Doctor Who Day, when... Uh, the newest season debuted. Uh, Steph and I went grocery shopping at our at, uh, nearby Aldi's, and we wore Doctor Who shirts. And Gwen threw on her Doctor Who TARDIS bracelet, and we just this whole Whovian family. And we had people on and off during the day commenting and complimenting our shirts. And one gal said, "It's nice to see a fellow Whovian family out out and about." So we talked a little bit about Doctor Who and. Reminded her that it was today was a debut, so she thanked us for that. So it was very cool. So shout out to the nice lady and her daughter from Aldi's. Um, I said this is a common occurrence with me. I don't know. Does that happen to you guys when you're, if you wear like a nerdy T-shirt? I don't. I don't know. Is that it does? I suppose it happens with sports shirts and stuff too. But if you throw on a T-shirt designated for nerd culture, Doctor Who, Star Wars, video games, do you get comments on it often? I need to know. Let me know. Um, but my first nerd block came with the t-shirt, a Jurassic Galaxy poster, a mashup between, uh, Jurassic Park and, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. One of those little, not a pop art character, I don't know what they're called, they're similar to pop art characters for Supernatural, um, a Star Trek USS Enterprise little, uh, dashboard bouncy spaceship and then an adorable bb-8 from star wars a stuffed a plush thing um which is really really cute i don't even know what to do with it because there's only the one and i'd like like it to be someplace where the whole family can enjoy it but i worry that it's gonna end up in random spots all over the house because the girls are gonna play with it maybe that'll be the next adventure for nerd mode is i'll make a game where's bb-8 today um, what else? I don't have much in the way of gaming news. I haven't been playing much besides Dying Light. Um, if you're on Xbox One, the free game right now is the Tomb, Tomb Raider uh, Definitive Edition. So I downloaded that last night. I haven't played it yet. Kind of excited, though. Uh, sorry, DitzyB, who purchased that in-store when it came out. Awkward. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for the nerd news. I wonder if I should try a 5x5. I'm literally just going to rant, uh, rant today. Um, I'm looking at my 5x5 list here. I'm trying to think of what I can do by myself. How about rage quit moments? Top five or five rage quit moments in video games. Uh, for the casual listener, a rage quit moment is when you're playing a video game and you get so stressed out that you literally get up and turn it off and storm out the room. Sometimes, not in my case, but in sometimes I understand controllers can be broken 
tables can be turned around, orphanages can be burned down, all in a rage quit moment. Uh, I'm trying to think of more recent. I won't say this was a solid rage quit moment, but it was definitely frustrating. Playing Dying Light, um, doing a mission where I have to... I'm doing missions for this bad dude. At least so far, he's a bad dude. I'm only like 9% of the game, so I really don't know. And... I'm supposed to go out and find one of his search party people. You know, they go out and loot and find supplies. And he says, come back with them or else. And it's like, this is a zombie apocalypse, dude. If they haven't returned, they're probably dead. But anyways, your your guy begrudgingly is um, going out and finding finding people for this man. And you find them all slaughtered in a front of a gas station. And then you realize that there's a man on top of the gas station, walled in, with a fully automatic rifle, and grenades. So your only defense is to hide behind one van or climb up on top of the gas canopy and try and get to him and kill him. And I died about ten times trying to get to him. Because I don't remember how to crouch on Dying Light. I don't crouch much in video games as anyways. Uh, there was actually a whole episode of this. Named after the fact that I don't know how to crouch. Um, I won't classify that as a rage quit. For me, a rage quit was in Dead Space 3. When you are supposed to rappel up the side of a, a mountain face. A cliff face. And there's debris and aliens and stones and all this stuff falling at you and you have to like freeze things and swing back and forth and jump over gaps all in time otherwise you die that had me stop playing the game for a year an entire year i did not touch that game because i was saved at the point just before then so when i turn on the game there it was uh that's one um batman arkham origins I have a rage quit moment for that where hopefully you guys have played some of these games so maybe you relate. Um, in Arkham Origins, it's uh, the early store, early part of Batman. Very fun game. The Arkham games are brilliant. Arkham City is one of the best games of all time. And uh, in Arkham Origins, all the battles are the same as you'd fight in the other ones. The same structure, you know, dodge, punch, kick roll, flip, you know, that kind of stuff. And it ends up creating some pretty cool-looking fights. You fight one guy, uh, the Electrocutioner, and you defeat him instantly with one punch, which was actually pretty funny. Like, that's that wasn't the rage quit moment. You know, you're geared up to fight this guy, boom, he's down, so then you get almost this false sense of security. And then you leave the area, and then there is Deathstroke. This is, mind you, like the third best bad guy you fight in the game of I think like seven or eight characters and after a half an hour each time not just 30 minutes each time you die you'd start over about a half an hour of solid intense button mashing I still cannot defeat Deathstroke on Batman Arkham Origins um, I mean it got to the point where I was going online watching YouTube videos and everyone is just saying just keep punching. Like, that was what they're saying. Just don't try and play it safe and dodge. Don't try and do this. Just hit when you can and keep going. And I'm like, wow, that's horrible. Um, 
so that was my one of my most recent ones. Uh, let's see, that's two. How about Dead Rising, the first one? Um, Dead Rising takes place in a mall. It's very, very cartoony. Thousands and thousands of zombies. Like it's just ridiculous how many zombies are in that game. It's a fun party game. Plug it in and see how many zombies you can kill before you die or before time limits up. It's kind of fun. Um, but there's one sequence where you have to fight a clown who's juggling chainsaws in a uh, amusement park. That was tough. Hours spent trying to kill this stinking clown. And then uh, a second part of that is on Dead Rising when you're trying to uh, escort someone and they're just not doing it. Like I was escorting this one little old lady and she just she kept walking into like the fountains in the game and then she'd get stuck. Like she couldn't step out of the fountains. And I was already escorting one person. Like I was actually carrying one person and then having to lead this one lady by her hand and she just kept fighting me on it. So I literally killed her with a bowling ball because I was just done. Rage quit. Uh let's see. Major League Baseball for the Nintendo. My sister tells me about this one all the time. That uh, this was early, early years of Nintendo. Or gaming in general. I was playing. And I was playing against Angie. And she was just whomping me. Absolutely destroying me. Like a ridiculous... Like if it was a sports movie about a ragtag group of teens that decide to join a, a, a baseball league... This was their first game where they lose like 30 to nothing. Like that's what was happening on there. So I uh, literally got up and turned off the game system. And that was the end of the discussion. I was so mad (laughs) that I just got up. And I hit that button so hard. As hard as a small child can push a button, I pushed that button that hard. And she was so mad that I just turned it off. She'll have to fill in the blanks about what we was, at, was actually said because I was so little. Um, I'm trying to think. I need one more, right? Uh, one more rage quit moment. Shoot. All right, uh, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Uh, this again, these aren't rage quit like you'd see like in YouTube videos. This is just where I get fed up and stop playing. Um, Steph, the girls, and I have been playing it. Well, it's been a while, but we will take my Super Nintendo, hook it up to the big TV in the basement, and we will, uh, we're playing through, and we're getting pretty far. We're in, is it Vanilla Dome? I'm trying to remember where that is. Way up in the mountains when you're, you first go underground. And there's a castle in there. Uh, it's the first Vanilla Dome castle. And it starts out, you're running along these bridges of the little... I square the squares, you know, with eyes in them. And there's this wizard down there, and he's throwing the uh, magic triangle circles and squares at you. When they hit the boxes, they fall down and become Goombas and stuff. And we played that castle so many times. And we would get almost to the end, and then something would happen. We'd slip up, we'd fall in the lava, the wizard would get us. We'd hit a Goomba at him, and it'd bounce back hit us. I mean, it's ridiculous amounts of time spent trying to kill that stinking wizard. And then I think I finally got to the boss and then he killed me. And it was like one of those moments, like it was my last life. 
and we had to start all over, like, well, not all over, but, you know, had to go through the castle all over, and, oh, that was several months ago, and none of us have really played Super Mario since, so, <laughs> those are my five rage quits. Um, how about you? Do you have any rage quit stories? Uh, was there casualties, both in human and controller form? Uh, if you're embarrassed, don't worry, I won't say your name, I'll just make up names for you. Uh, let us let us know, nerdmode42 at gmail.com. I would love to get some email from you guys. That would be terrific. Um, all right. So let's do a quick wrap-up. This was going to be a mini-sode, and it's already almost 20 minutes long. Perfectly fine. Uh, let's start with the Big Bang Theory. Um, last season ended off on a really down note where uh, Sheldon and Amy broke up, and then we find out that Sheldon was going to propose. Um, let's see what else happened in the last episode. Penny and Leonard decided to go to Vegas and elope. And while on the way there, he admits that he made out with some chick like, well, I guess this would have been like two seasons, three seasons ago when he was on the, the ship doing the, the study. It was one of the season cliffhangers or season, uh, finales where he left to go on a boat and then came back. Apparently he made out with some girl. Um, which I thought was totally, totally uncalled for and lame storytelling. Um, you guys have heard me rant several times about the Big Bang Theory about how I don't think Penny and Leonard make a good couple in general. And instead of addressing that fact, they're turning Leonard into kind of a sleazebag cheater because this isn't the first time he's done this. Like, you know, when the series started out, he was just this mopey guy that no girl would ever love because he's a nerd and now he literally will make out with anyone that walks up to him like this happens several times and he's kind of becoming a scumbag a little bit i'm having a hard time enjoying his character at all anymore um so the season premiere starts up with them getting an elope doing the wedding online um which is actually kind of a neat thing a friend some friends of mine got married that way a few years ago it's kind of cool you log in watch their wedding and that's it um, so while that's going on, uh, Sheldon is badgering Amy, trying to figure out why she won't give him a straight answer, whether or not they're still a couple. Um, so I thought that was, I mean, I understand his side because he doesn't get that kind of emotion. Like he doesn't understand why decisions can't be made instantly, but it just, it felt so heavy. The, the season premiere was so heavy. I never really chuckled at all because there was so much drama behind every little interaction on the show. Um, so he's badgering uh, Amy. Uh, Raj had like two lines. He was hardly even in the episode. Uh, Wallowitz and um, Bernadette are still doing well. I, that's something to say that the person who has the strongest, most normal relationship is Wallowitz. It's kind of frightening. Um, but during the whole wedding course, uh, Leonard is kind of testing the waters about this whole confession about making out with this one girl. And Penny's saying, no, it's it's fine. You know, you can tell it's bugger, but she's like, no, it's fine. Well, then, of course, it all comes to a head after the, uh, after the wedding to the point where Sheldon and Leonard are in their apartment moping around and Amy's off on her own and Penny's off on her own and everyone's mad at everyone. 
I think for a sitcom, they really kind of dropped the ball through season premiere. It really wasn't funny. It really... I feel like I'm badgering it, but I'm getting to the point like with Big Bang Theory where I feel like I'm watching it more out of habit than actually because, oh my gosh, Big Bang is on. Like I, I don't feel excited about it like I used to. Um, but of course, it's just the first episode, so who knows what's going to happen there. Um, but yeah, I think the 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 main issue again with Penny and Leonard is they don't they're not a good couple. They they don't mesh well together they don't have really any chemistry people want them together because they want that whole beauty and the geek thing going and that's i just i'm i'm kind of burnt out on it so i wasn't too excited about uh the premiere episode i watched it it was all right but i don't know i think they're they're trying to make it too real and too heavy than what the show probably could be so that's that um Heroes Reborn, big two-hour premiere uh, yesterday. I watched it today, probably about an hour and a half ago I finished watching that. No, about an hour, because then I watched Big Bang Theory, then I came down here. I really like it. Um, It immediately had the feel of how Heroes started. Um, And then it's got a lot of familiar faces. Uh, HRG, or the Horn Glass Man, uh... Noah Bennett is back as one of the main characters again. Uh, the Haitian makes a, a debut. Manuel uh, Hinder Suresh is a, a main character. Um, who else came back that I was surprised to see? Um, if you remember, I think her name is Molly uh, from season two, I think. The little girl that could track specials or evos, they call them now, which I think is kind of cool. Um, she is a, a character in this, but it's a different actress now, which is odd because it doesn't really look like her at all. Um, no, it starts out pretty cool. Uh, everything is going well. There is a, almost like a a treaty between humans and Evos. Uh, so there's this big unity thing that is attacked by apparently terrorists, like this huge explosion, takes out a lot of lives, and now Evos are being hunted to the ends of the earth um, by either it looked like hillbilly yokels or chasing them with trucks and hounds, um, police officers. Uh, and then we find actor Zachary Levi. So we didn't get Zachary Quinto back, but we got Zachary Levi, which is totally awesome because he is a great actor, is totally frightening as an evo hunter and he is really good at his job apparently all of his training as an intersect has him ready to hunt down superpowered people um but they all have these side stories much like heroes where he's almost on a revenge kick because his son was killed during this attack and he's blaming evos for it and um there is also already a, a Peter Petrelli character by the name of Tommy Clark, played by Robbie Kay, um, who I think is kind of awesome. He's a fun little kid. Uh, I, If you've seen Once Upon a Time, he was in there. He played Peter Pan. And the first time I saw him, I'm like, wow, that kid has a very distinct look. Um, he's not ugly or anything. I'll never say that, but he definitely has a marketable look. And when I look at him, I'm like, wow, that kid is Peter Pan, but now he plays a teleportation-powered young man who is just trying to live a normal life, and 
his secret is slowly being found out by people that he has superpowers. Uh, let's see who else debuted. Um, they have a Lucha Libre inspired superhero in Los Angeles. Uh, very Batman sort of tale. Uh, that was that was kind of fun. Um, trying to think what else. It was mostly built on the aftermath of the uh, the attack, uh, with people slowly showing that there's powered people around them and finding out more and more about abilities. There hasn't really been any um, new abilities yet. Besides, I mean, most of it's the stuff that we've grown to grown to love from the original series. Um, one segment I'm not sold on yet is there's a one there's one girl they call her uh her name is Miko and she lives in Japan and she can travel into a video game that I guess her father designed or something I don't really know the full like I said it was this first episode but the whole segment where she's actually in the game fighting samurai and stuff I thought was kind of cheesy I really didn't enjoy it much at all um it felt way too Nicktoons. The animation was... I know they're trying to make it look like a video game, but the animation was pretty pretty shoddy and wasn't very entertaining for me. So those parts I kind of was puttering around the house and I was only half half watching, half taking in what was going on. Um, but no, I, I think it's got a lot of promise. I'm pretty excited to... Uh, to keep watching Heroes Reborn. I I don't have any standout characters yet that I'm totally hinged on besides uh, Young Tommy. Um, but that's more... His is more just a classic comic book tale. Um, and then also finding out more about the over... the overwhelming mystery of what really happened in Odessa with the explosion. If it was actually an Evo or if it was this corporation did it or something more... Um, it's all falling on the shoulders of, uh, Suresh, which is interesting that they're using him as a main tentpole for this big event. So, uh, tune into that. Let me know again at these shows that I'm talking about, let me know what, uh, what you guys think about it. Uh, so far, Big Bang Theory and Heroes Reborn. Um, I'd like to hear from you guys again, nerdmode42 at gmail.com or send me something on Facebook. Let's get that one going too. Um, so now, Doctor Who, how awesome was a premiere episode of Doctor Who? If you haven't watched it, you better turn it off now, because I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Um, not too long, because I'm still trying to keep this short. Uh, it starts out, and right away, that's what I've been loving about the Peter Capaldi episodes. They have really been nodding to previous episodes, um... His debut episode last season, uh, his very first episode, he ended up dealing with clockwork machines that are using human parts to stay alive, and he was commenting how familiar this felt. And uh, that was a nod and a rework or um, a retelling or a continuation, I guess, of the David Tennant episode where um, the girl in the fireplace where she's being tormented and hunted by these clockwork alien clockwork machines that are trying to fix her spaceship and they're using human parts. 
Um, and then, so Peter Capaldi has almost breaking the fourth wall mentioned about why he picked a certain face, why he's doing this, why, you know, he, and how things feel so familiar. Cause he's, it's almost like history is repeating itself. And I'm really glad the timing of this too, because I just watched last week or the week before, um, Genesis of the Daleks with uh, Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, all the way from the 70s, uh, where he meets Davros, uh, the creator of the Daleks. And in this episode of uh, Genesis of the Daleks, the doctor has a choice. He can um, set off a bomb and destroy the uh, Dalek breeding lab where the Daleks are being created, and in doing so, potentially ending the Dalek... Uh, race for all time and knowing everything that the Daleks have done he still can't do it because part of him is like how would I be any better if I killed all these Daleks you know what about all the the planets and nations that become unified against a Dalek you know um, what would happen to them and so it, um, ideally he he doesn't do it but a Dalek accidentally trips away or explodes him but obviously it didn't really make a huge difference because there's still Daleks everywhere. Um, and in that episode, when they first land there, they see that there's a war going on. It's been going on so long that not only are they using like laser cannons and rifles, they're using muskets and bow and arrows and um, old stuff. So it's almost like they're running out of new ammo, so they're just picking up whatever they can find to continue this war that's been going on for centuries. And the reason Dalek was created because Davros wanted to end the war, but he went too far. He instead of just ending the war, he wanted to basically take over the universe. So he creates these basically Nazis. Like that's what I explained to Tyler that it's like a Nazi that's in its own ca ca uh, indestructible tank. And that Dav Davros was almost like the Hitler of the series. You know, just very proud and does not bend does not flinch always has this horrible plan for world domination um so then we fast forward to this saturday with peter capaldi and he's on this um planet that's war torn and he sees a boy that's stuck in a, a minefield but they're called hand mines which literally just these hands that come up and grab you and then pull you down into the mud and basically you get buried alive so this young boy who's just a messenger and the doctor's there to save him. He's just, I don't know how he ended up there. We never really know. But he's talking to the boy, explaining to him that he's got one in a thousand chance of surviving, but not to worry about the thousand, just think about the one, and that's him. And then he's asking the boy to tell him his name so that he knows the name of the boy who isn't going to die today. So the boy tells him, my name is Davros. And then the doctor immediately realizes that this Young man is the creator of the Dalek menace um, that will cost thousands and thousands of lives, whole planets. So the doctor leaves him there. Gets back in his TARDIS and just leaves. Uh, which is pretty huge because he's just full on saying, yep, you're, I don't care what happens to you. And this is a child, mind you, that has not become the weird, evil, uh, wheelchair-bound uh, creator of a supreme 
monster raids. Is this this kid that's delivering letters? Um, so he ditches the kid, but of course it doesn't destroy Davros because, you know, he becomes who he is. And then that becomes a recurring theme throughout the episode is that Davros is looking for the doctor because he remembers that the doctor left him. Uh, which becomes kind of the paradox situation because our the recent incarnation of the doctor is one who left Davros long before Davros became evil. So... When Tom Baker is dealing with Davros, he's cleaning up the mess <laughs> that he creates like five, no, eight incarnations later, <laughs> six incarnations later. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? So, <laughs> so when Tom Baker is talking to Davros and trying to rationalize with him and deal with him, Davros is remembering that this guy called the Doctor totally left him in a minefield. Crazy. That's Doctor Who. <laughs> um, we see a return of Missy, who supposedly was had died at the end of last season. But maybe she did, and then this is just a different part of Missy's time frame because she can also travel in time. Um, who else was in it? Uh, I don't think there was any Strax, Vastra, or Jenny, which they should really have their own show. That'd be brilliant. Um, no, it was just, it was just that whole rewinding, um, and then spoilers, of course, I mean, unless you've already watched it, it's no big deal, when the Doctor returns, see, Missy is killed by the Daleks, and then so is Clara. So the doctor returns to where he left Davros. And the kid's like, I don't understand. How did you come back? You know, and he's like, I'm here to do what I'm, I should do and exterminate. And he's getting ready to shoot this boy. So my theory is that he shoots, which would be shocking because he hates guns. He never uses them. Shoots Davros and that's how Davros becomes what he is. The injury sustained by the doctor puts him in the wheelchair, makes him wither up, makes him get old and cold and angry. How crazy would that be? Time travel, man. That's like, if you guys haven't watched Lost, again, I'm pretty sure if you were about spoilers, either A, you would have turned it off, or B, sorry. Um... And Lost, when they went back in time, which, again, is kind of crazy, when the island traveled back in time and took all the Losties with it, Saeed has this realization that he needs to kill a young Benjamin Linus. So he does. He sh Well, he doesn't. He shoots him. And I can't remember who does it, but they bring, him, bring Benjamin Linus to this pool... It's like a magic pool. There's magic stuff all over the island. Everything is magic. Magic tubes, magic hatches, magic supply drops. Everything's magic. It's like Disneyland, only terrifying. Um, and they say, yes, we can, we can save his life, but he won't be the same. His innocence will be gone. So they do it, and then we realize that's how Benjamin Linus became the Benjamin Linus of the future. That That's how 
he became the monster. So it's another paradox that he was a monster, everybody, because Saeed went back in time and created it. And in turn, he was a monster to Saeed. It's just crazy. It's crazy time travel paradoxes all abound. Um, so I'm excited about this season of Doctor Who because I've immediately fell in love with Peter Capaldi as a doctor. Um, Steph, the girls, and I have been watching this season. Probably this is the most consistent season we've watched since the girls first started watching Doctor Who about two years ago. Um, Gwen is struggling with the idea that it's all the same person, Matt Smith, David Tennant, Peter Capaldi. She's having a hard time wrapping her head around it, which is totally understandable because... Just a few weeks ago, I was talking about Doctor Who at work, and people were staring at me like I was speaking in crab. And not like speaking the way crabs would speak. Like, literally every word that came out of my mouth was a crab. Like, they were so confounded. Um, so when a, a seven-year-old is struggling with it, totally understandable. Um, she gets that they're all the doctor, but she isn't quite getting the idea that they're all the same doctor. She almost feels like there's like this group of guys called the doctor. And if that makes sense, like it's a a group, not one person changing. Annabelle totally. I think she just, it's not connecting at all. She's just accepting that whoever the man is with the sonic screwdriver, that's the doctor. She isn't really linking them up, you know, like Matt Smith, doctor, Peter Capaldi, that, it's like she, it's not registering for her at all that they're different people. She's like, that's the doctor. And to her, like, if we watch one to the other, she, oh, that's the doctor. Like, for her, the doctor, I think, is more of who runs the TARDIS and who has a sonic screwdriver. Um, But Steph, right away, she's like, I love this doctor. And I'm like, yeah, I do, too. Yeah, he's so good. And then Gwenny, be still my heart, little Gwenny. We were driving... I can't remember, we were running, I think it was a Doctor Who day. We were we were going, doing errands and stuff, and I was in the passenger seat, and she was riding behind me, and she's like, next year for Halloween? That's not this year, we already have our, our costumes, but she's like, next year, we should all dress as Doctor Who characters. And I just collapsed. I just laid back, and Steph says, like, well, you just killed Chuck. He's so happy you killed him, and Gwen goes, bye. Like, <laughs> it's had no interest. Uh, so we started planning it. Um, at first, I said I could probably pull off Christopher Eccleston's doctor because, you know, the, the lack of hair, and I just basically need a T-shirt, jeans, and a leather, ja- leather jacket. And Steph, rightfully so, was very disappointed that I didn't even consider being Tom Baker. So I think next year I'm going to be Tom Baker. And... uh Gwen is either going to be Amy or Rose. I think she can pull off both because they dress the same as little Gwenny or little fashionista. Uh, Steph is going to get a TARDIS dress, so she'll be my TARDIS. And Annabelle, we were kind of toying around ideas of maybe a little weeping angel um, or another companion. So if like one is Rose, one could be Amy or vice versa. And then when we get home, Annabelle, we were looking at, I think we were watching Doctor Who, and she walks up and points at a Dalek, and she's like, I want to be a Dalek for Halloween. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, you'd be the greatest little doll, especially when you're hangry. So that's probably the biggest nerd news, and I'm super excited about that. Hopefully we can keep on it. Um, this year our costumes are already planned, and it's a week away from October, so we don't have much time. Um, this year, Gwen is going to be Mal from Descendants, which is... I haven't seen it, but a neat idea of the kids of Disney villains like Jafar, Maleficent... Um, which the idea of Jafar having a kid, um, Cruella Deville again. The fact that she has a child is shocking to me. I'm um, going to school and doing all the usual teen movie school stuff, but they all are descendants of Disney villains. So she's gonna be Mal, her favorite character. Annabelle is gonna try and be Totoro, which I think is adorable. She's gonna look like a, a stuffed bear. It's gonna be cute. And then Steph and I are deciding we're going to be Squints and Wendy Preferkorn from Sandlot all grown up. Because apparently I look a lot like Squints. So that's what we're going to do. But next year, pictures to come. Hopefully Doctor Who themed. Which I would love. I would absolutely love it. And the fact that Annabelle just outright said she wants to be a Dalek. She would be the hardest sell because she's going to want to be what Annabelle wants to be. Because she's a kid and it's Halloween and it's their choice. Um, but when she said that, I was like, yes, okay, this is most likely going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. Uh, it's getting about that time. I have to get ready to head into work. So this timing worked out perfectly. Um, let me know what you think of this roundup, uh, your thoughts on Big Bang Theory, uh, Doctor Who and Heroes Reborn. I'd like to get some more feedback about that. I didn't get a chance to put the post up before I recorded because I literally just hopped down here and started talking um, what fall shows are you guys excited about coming up um, I know we also have our eye on uh, the Supergirl TV show I should probably try and watch Gotham um, I should probably try and watch like Arrow and the Flap excuse me Stuff like that. Um, and also movies. What movies are coming out that you guys are really ramped up for? Uh, for the upcoming holiday season is on appro approaching us. My goodness. Um, anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you think about the the shows I talked about and the ones that, uh, that you're excited about or if you had any hits or misses. And also, let me know about your rage quit moments. I have to get going and get ready for work. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Nerd Mode from nerdmode.com. Uh, and as usual, learn something about everything and everything about something.
see.